Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast, where we meet every Friday evening for worship at the Loma Linda University Church for young adults by young adults. We hope this encourages you and someone else you know. Enjoy. All right, good evening, Praxis. I'm so glad to see you here. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, the music team, the um, audio, visual, and thank you for being here this evening and taking your time out. And for my friends who came to support, thank you so much. It means the world to me. I appreciate it. And Pastor Phil, I want to thank you for putting me on the schedule. It really means a lot for me to share on this platform. This is a great community, and it's thriving and it's growing because of what they do behind the scenes working with Loma University. So um, I've been here and I've met a lot of friends here. I'm glad here and I'm glad to see everyone here this evening. All right, so my name is Vong and may I have the PowerPoint slide up please? And all right, there it is. That's me. <laughs> my name is Vong, it's like King Kong but with a V, all right, Vong. <laughs> so remember that, but you was silent. And most people know me for doing t-shirt printing. I run a uh, shirt company called Arise Apparel. Let's see, there you go. Ooh, oh, ooh la la, no, <laughs> wrong one. Okay, yeah, so ariseapparel.com, that's my own Christian clothing brand, and we also do custom shirts for churches, ministries, and things like that. Curious, who is new to life group in this season? Who started to attending like October, November, and stuff like that? Have you got one of these merch yet? No, no? Well, here you go, brother. <laughs> this one, too? Ah, oh, oh, so hard to choose. In the middle. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, welcome to the community, and uh, you grow so much. So a little bit about myself. I, where do I click? Okay, so there you go. Thank you. So my... Study is business and psychology. I love those two topics, and I put it together, and I go and speak and consult with executives and entrepreneurs on personal development, especially mental health, because their entrepreneurs are different. You know what I mean, Alvin, right? Different kind of stressor. And so it's my passion to help individuals elevate their mindset, their vision, and their performance. And so I do that, and I love helping people basically grow and get better, amen? And so I do that, and, oh, man, <laughs> do I click there? There you go. So this evening, we're going to talk about your identity. And the main question I have for you is, who are you, right? Who are you? You might say, I'm a doctor, I'm a student, uh, I'm a skater, I'm Filipino, yeah. I'm Brazilian, right? So, yeah. And this question is very important because... Um, we need to ask ourselves, because who you are, does it change over time? Yeah, right? You're not the same person as you were before. Ten years ago, your values are different, your goals are changed. And so we need to ask this, because when you know who you are, you know your purpose, amen? You know where you need to go. And, and for us, when we don't know who we are, it's, it's how we check in with our identity, you know what I mean? If we're not in alignment with our identity, 
then we get lost. We don't know who we are. Does that make sense? And so for me, I think your identity is made up of three things. It's made up of, there you go. First, our environment. Our what, everyone? Our identity is formed by our environment. These are the people, places, things that you associate with, right? The people you hang out with kind of form your character. Your influencers you follow, your role models you emulate, that forms your character. It's part of your identity, right? And the places you came from, where you grew up, your ethic, your culture, and things like that, right? You see me, I'm identified right here, Vietnamese guy, right? Vietnamese American. See, I, uh, you see an Asian guy here, but inside, soy Mexicano. <laughs> I grew up with Mexicans. I love carne asada tacos, you know? So our environment makes one part of our identity, right? Make sense? Our second part that makes up our identity is our conditioning. These are the things you do over and over, your rep repetitive things you read, watch, and listen to, right? I surf, but when I first started, I didn't think of myself as a surfer, but when I keep doing it, keep doing it, I become what? I'm a surfer. I'm like, yeah, I'm a surfer. You're a biker, you're a runner. What we condition ourselves over and over forms our belief, our values, what you stand up for. Some of you are vegans, vegetarian. That's what you stand up for, right? It's your conditioning because you've seen it over and over. Oh, you can't see. Oh, my bad. Oh, thank you, Al. Round of applause for Al. Thank you. <laughs> Did not expect that. Thank you, Al. And so, <laughs> what? It reminded me that I need to drink water here and there. And so, <laughs> and so this is important because it's, Pretty much where we, why you're Christian, because of what you read and listen to. Does that make sense so far? And the third one, here you go, surfer. That's part of my identity. The third one, and I believe is very important, our self-image. This is who we believe we are, who we think our worth, our value, right? The, the things we do, the achievements, your accomplishments, and, and your reputation, right? Oh, that guy, oh yeah, he's this you form your identity. So all these things form our identity. And so as human, we seek belongingness. We want to find a community that has the same values, that has the same things, like practice here, right? Share common beliefs. Because when you belong, you feel safe, you feel uh, accepted, and you feel love. And I can prove that to you right now. When you walked in here, you want to sit with your friends. You don't want to be left out, right? You don't want to be, you know, ostracized. You feel like you need to belong, like, hey, I feel safe with y'all. Does that make sense? We all desire that. And you know who put that in our heart? God put it in our heart. And it is his goal that you find your identity in Jesus Christ, amen, and belong in him. And so in the Bible, right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 17, it says, let's read it together. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. This old life is gone. New life has begun, amen? This is the NLT version. So when you step into that new version of yourself, you can't remain the same person as you were before. Does that make sense? You're no longer that person who's bitter, who's jealous, who's angry. We're almost to 2024, amen? 
you cannot step 2024 and still act like 2023, right? When you buy a new phone, right, uh, Apple 14 to 15, what do you ask? What's the difference? What has changed? What has upgraded? So our self, our version now and our identity, what has changed? What's been the difference? Does that make sense? And that's where I was. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. Um, I want to share with you. My title of my message is For My Identity. It's my testimony from Buddhism to Christianity and my story of how I walked away from my old life into the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'll start with a quick prayer. We'll just do three scenes of my life, and that's it, and we'll end the night. Amen? Let's pray real quick. Father in heaven, Lord, be with me right now. Um, this is uh, your message, Lord, and help me to be a paintbrush to paint a picture of Jesus Christ, that people see him God, Jesus, and not the paintbrush, and not me. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, scene one. Okay. Vietnam. Land of pho, bun mi, and Vietnamese coffee. It's pronounced pho, by the way. And it, I grew up there in South Vietnam in a city called Binh Dung. It's more like a village, farm life, countryside, right? We're famous for our fruits and vegetables. And so when I was younger, we, as a family, we're Buddhist. My Buddhism is the most common religion in Asia. And so we would go to temple, and they go do their ceremonies, offer to incense. And, you know, I thought that's how life worked. I was a kid, and I thought that everyone was Buddhist. <laughs> you know, I thought every, that's how the world worked. Um, it wasn't nothing crazy, a bad life. But the thing about Buddhism, I remember my mom so superstitious. She believed everything or hang on to the word of the, of the, of the monk, right? And we, we, we have superstition. Like, if you get a bad card, ooh, you have a bad year, apparently. The whole year is bad. And so my mom was like, be a good boy. Be a good boy. Do good. Because we believe in karma, right? Karma is... You do this, and you'll get that. If you do bad, you, you reap what you sow, right? And so I had to live with that, and I was like, okay, mom, I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good boy. But life was not too crazy. Um, this is me. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> I was the youngest of four siblings, four siblings. And at the time, Vietnam was recovering from Vietnam War. My dad was serving in the military with the U.S. side. So the Republic of Vietnam. And you, America allowed us to immigrate to U.S. as refugees. But the Vietnamese government made it very difficult. They didn't want you to leave. And so due to paperwork, my mom and big sister cannot come with us. So my dad had to figure out, like, do I go or leave him behind? And he eventually says, yeah, we need to go. Because it's going to be a better life in U.S., right? land here in USA. And so I, I didn't know the politics. All I remember, dad was saying, mom's going to come soon, right? Okay, I was like, okay, mom's going to come soon. And so we left everything and started over. All right, scene two, USA, America, 1994, right? Lion King came out and all that good stuff. And when you first come to America, if you're, if you're an Asian that comes to America, you're labeled as a fob. What's fob? Fresh off the, look at these Asians, they know, fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat, right? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I was an Asian immigrant to U.S., but I was not a father, I was a boba. Right. <laughs> Brought over by airplane. <laughs> we, uh, stayed, we stayed with our sponsor family first, and eventually I moved to the city of El Monte. It's more like the poor side of town. You could say I grew up in the streets. And I was six years old. Being six years old, any child, in psychology, this is a very important time in their development for their brain, right? It's, whether it's positive things or negative thing, it forms their character. It's, it fixes how they see the world. I didn't realize at the time that being separated from my mom was a traumatic experience. And so I had this intern dialogue. I said, you know, why didn't mom come? Why she's not here? My dad said, soon, but days became weeks. Weeks became months. And eventually, you start to personalize it. Somehow, I thought it was my fault. And remember the karma thing, right? I thought, did I do something wrong? Maybe I'm not a good boy. And over time, you, you form these stories, and you have a repetitive thought. And my thought was, she left me. She abandoned me. She just don't want me. She didn't love me. That's what I thought. It's not true, but at the, as a kid, that's what I form as a story. Because eventually she did come six years later, but at that time, I just didn't know, right? I just thought she don't love me. So I really thought the next label that I, in my head, was I was not good enough to be loved. And this is when I form this fear of rejection. That was so painful, I did not want to be rejected. And since I didn't have my mom, and my dad was working all the time. I seek love, attention from people and places elsewhere. And that was in school. Now, school in America was a little different than Vietnam school. Beans and cheese, no, no. <laughs> it smell, we don't have them in Vietnam. But now, okay, tacos, no problem. <laughs> and during school, this was the first time I saw this image of Jesus. I didn't know it was Jesus. They said, this is God. I was like, okay, wow. Huh, I have Buddha. This must be the American Buddha. <laughs> All right. He's skinnier a little bit. That's cool. But, but the point I'm sharing that is I wasn't spiritual. I didn't care about, you know, religion and faith and things like that. I was more interested in how to be American, how to be cool, right? I wanted to belong. I wanted to fit in. And so I tried that, and boy, it was difficult. When you're... When, you look different when you talk different. Kids, they, they don't know better. So I got bullied a lot. My name is Vong Dong. It's close enough to rhyme with Vong Dong, Ching Chong, Ling Long, Ting Tong, Ding Dong, right? You're so mean for laughing at me. And at the time, too, I, I had an accent. I don't speak like I speak now. And during class, they make you read out loud in class. I hated that. It was so embarrassing. And, and I just, you know, like I thought, really. So let me, let me show you. So fear of rejection, right? Another part of my identity. And when I couldn't read, I couldn't pronounce, I really, really thought, maybe I'm dumb. I really thought I was stupid. I, I, I can't pronounce it. I can't read the letters. And so I remember a time also, we went on a field trip. And you're supposed to pack your own lunch. Well, my dad packed Asian food. MSG and fish sauce in there, right? It smell. 
And the kid's like, oh, ew, you eat dog, you know, oh, right? Um, but all jokes aside, though, the things they said after really hurt me. They said, bro, ew, you eat dog. Go back to your country. You don't belong here. Nobody wants you here. Not even your mom wants you. Words are words, but they're as bad as physical abuse and bully, you know what I mean? And so when I get sad, I would, have, I would eat. Because eating brought me comfort because mom, food, you know what I mean? And so at that time, not only I was all this, I was fat, and I'm not that tall. <laughs> and so when we play baseball or, or, or basketball, I'm not athletic stuff, I get picked last. When you're picked last as a kid, how do you think that makes you feel? You're like a loser, right? I thought I was just like, you know, I'm never going to get picked. I'm a loser. The other thing I had was I had shame of being poor. I compared myself to other kids. I said, you know, I hate it. I had to wear used clothes from thrift store. My shoes were never new. We live, four of us live in one house, share one bathroom. And I just got pushed around and made fun of just because I looked different and because I was poor. And the tease, they, they were teasing me, and they said, you know why your mom didn't want you? Because you're ugly, you're stupid, and, and you're fat, and all that. I believed it. That's the problem. I, I believed. I said, you know, they might be right. And that's what I had to go through uh, when I was younger. I don't know if you could relate any of that, but that's what happened when you're a kid. And so that's not me, but <laughs> give you an illustration of it. <laughs> you notice I like humor in between sadness. <laughs> uh, middle school got a little better. I made some friends. Things got better. And I wanted to fit in. I want to belong. And so I wanted to be a nice guy, which means a people pleaser, right? I wanted to fit in. I want to belong. Because I had what? The fear of? Rejection. I, I was like, I don't want to be rejected. I want to be accepted. And so I learned how to just do what people want, not what I want. I don't know. I'm a recovering people pleaser, if, yeah. if, <laughs> if that's happening, you know. Now, I, I, that's also where I learned how to be funny, because I wanted to be liked and all. Externally, I showed up in school happy. You could see me smile. But inside, I was really sad. I had low image of myself, low self-esteem, and I had anxiety and depression. And here's the thing in psychology, I'll give you a quick illustration. When we have inter internal dialogue, our thoughts are like seeds. Our thoughts are like what, everyone? Seeds. They're seeds, they're just seeds, they're planted. And they could be negative seeds and positive seeds, right? And I call the negative seeds ants automatic negative thoughts. They just pop out of nowhere. You have that every day, little ants come by, right? These are just negative thoughts. And it's just your brain trying to protect you, your brain trying to look out, hey, you know, hmm, is this safe, is that? And it doesn't know it's positive or negative, right? But where you focus is where you give your attention, your energy to. What you focus on expands. And I focus on all these things. Oh, I'm stupid. I'm such a loser. I'm yeah, not going to amount to anything. And then you have the choice, though, to water which seed. If you want to live happier, notice the thoughts that you think and the words you say, right? And more positive thoughts. Does that make sense so far? All right, moving on.
I'm so glad that you've been listening to the first part of the sermon. This sort of production does require some financial cost. If you'd like to reach more young adults with this across the world, would you consider giving at praxisministry.org? You can select the Praxis Young Adult Envelope. Enjoy the rest of the sermon. So that was my internal thing in high school. <laughs> a new school, new place, new environment. I was still lost, though. I was a lost teenager. When we're a teenager, we're pretty lost, is that me? right? And um, I still was wondering, who am I? And I went through different phases in search of my identity. Like, I still, you know, like, I don't fit in this group. I don't fit in that group. And so I tried different groups. I don't know if you can relate with that. How many of us in high school went through all these different phases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're this. And if, nah, I'm not, nah, that's not me. All right, ready for some high school pictures? Embarrassing of me? <laughs> All right, the first identity, the first phase. I was this Asian gangster. Now, I was sick of being the nice guy. I was like, you know, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be what's up. And the, the Asian people I hang around with, most, some of them are gangsters. Like, yeah, I wore baggy jeans. Like my belt was that long, and I had dragon shirt, looking tough, right? And where, you, where I come from, man, you walk in the street like that, <laughs> a gang member will hit you up. What up? You might get shot. You might get shanked. And I'm like, I'm, I was like, no, that's not me. I, I, you know, and I was like, that's not my identity. So I was like, oh, I, I, I don't want to be involved in that. So next phase, I, I became this... Uh, you know, American white boy. That's right. I, I, you know, I was trying to fit in. I was trying to get into this identity, this culture. And so, and so like, I had these, like, what you call it, uh, like shell bracelets, you know what I mean? <laughs> shell necklace, yeah, brah. Right. <laughs> and I was, like, trying to be this cool surfer white boy, and I didn't even know how to surf at that time. <laughs> so, because I was feeling like I wasn't Vietnamese enough, Asian enough, I wasn't American enough, I'm not fitting in. Who can relate with that? Especially if you're born to a mixed family, you know, you're this culture from your mom, this one from your dad, you're like, I don't know. And so we get so lost. So another identity and phase, I was like, okay, I'm not a white boy. <laughs> I, I admit, my skin's yellow. And so <laughs> another phase I went into is the anime geek phase. <laughs> huh? Huh? Yeah? <laughs> and, and, Here's the thing, I related with these characters because they're misfits, right? They're rejected. Nobody understands them. I was like, yeah, I get it, right? They're fighting for a cause. Uh, oh, my fans are here. Attack on Titan. Okay, um, anyone else cosplay is just curious. Am I the only one? Really? Ah, they don't want to raise their hand. It's all good. So I kind of relate with that. Another phase, I want to be super cool. So, you know, I was trying to be a dancer, right? Break dancer and all that, and DJ and music, because I just want to fit in, again. Um, and, and those involve parties. And at the parties, even though I don't drink alcohol, I drank just to look cool, just to fit in. But I also knew that wasn't me. I believe we're going to keep searching for identity. Some of y'all in college, you still don't know which phase you're in, right? And I believe you'll continuously keep searching 
for your identity in Christ uh, until you find your identity in Christ. Amen? Amen. You'll keep searching for your identity until you find your identity in Jesus Christ. And the phase that I connected to the most was when I joined guitar class. There was punkers, emo kids, and gothic kids. You know, I was an emo kid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We wore black, you know. To, to show how much sorrow we have, right? <laughs> the darkness in our soul, in our heart. Our, our parents don't get us. The world don't get us. But these songs, man, they know exactly what I'm going through, all right? I connected with that because I was like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Now, there was three times in my life I got really depressed and really dark. And one of them was during high school, going through a breakup. And when... You go to breakup, I, I took it worse than most people in my, in my opinion. Because you remember the fear of rejection? Later on in life, I realized that any female who rejected me or break up, it felt like as if my mom left me all over again. As if my mom just abandoned me and don't want me. And it's because I'm not good enough. I'm, I don't look like this or that. That's why she didn't want me. So I really believe that. And when we go through breakups, most of you have, I would assume. We, tend to, we go through two cycles. One, we personalize it. We somehow blame it on us. Somehow it's our fault, or we did something, and we get so angry at ourselves. We beat ourselves up, right? Have you been there? And we just think it's us. The other phase we go through is we start to compare ourselves to others, right? He, she likes him better because he's taller, right? I'm not tall enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not handsome enough. And so you get into this comparison. You feel so worthless. You feel, you know, you feel like a failure. And this is the other thought I would think. I failed because I couldn't maintain this relationship. A failed relationship does not mean you're a failure. Amen? The relationship failed, and it's okay. And when all these things happen, you know, we, we have so much pressure. I had pressure from bully, from my weight, and the shame, and all that stuff. And it just takes that one more thing, like a breakup, and snap. You know what I mean? And that's where depression kicks in. You feel the pain. You're just so exhausted, defeated. I just remember I, I just want to lay there and didn't want to get up. I'm so tired. I don't know if you could relate. I just did not want to face the world. I run and hide. My friends know I don't pick up my phone, I don't text back for months and weeks maybe. You lose your self-confidence of who you are and your self-worth. And I remember just not wanting to continue. I just want to give up. Because not just the breakup, it's everything. I was just like, it would be easier to go to sleep and not wake up to face another day of disappointment, another day of failure, Another day of being rejected. It was too painful. Does that make sense? So I've been there. And I got to the point where I thought, maybe I should just take sleeping pills and not wake up, overdose on it. But something happened later that changed my view on life. Pretty, another dramatic experience. There's this kid named Kevin um, in our high school. After lunch we would go to our fifth period, right? 
Well, Kevin never showed up, and we're like, oh, where's Kevin? Um, he, he was a nice kid. He looked normal. He's all good. Uh, just that day, he, he didn't show up to fifth period, and I was like, whoa, okay. Um, never. I don't know him that well, but I know of him. It turns out he went to the baseball field by himself, climbed the tree there and with a rope. So he took his own life. So I remember our school, our community, attended his funeral, and I saw how painful it was, right? I saw his parents' face. It was so much guilt. He's Asian, so I imagine they immigrated. His dad worked so hard, right? And all that is gone. We didn't know that he was going through something. And so that was the moment I decided, you know, I would never go that far. Does that make sense? I, I would never want to leave that guilt for my mom, my dad, my friends behind. They worked so hard, sacrificed too much for me to be here, and my siblings as well. And so that's why I share this, because I love psychology. The reason I got into it, because I've been through it, and I want to help others going, share, uh, going through what they're going through and let them know that there's a way out. Amen? Robin Williams says, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind. And this guy was a funny guy. He's a comedian. He laughed, and he appeared that way, but even him, you didn't know he took his own life. Him and along with other people, right? Linkin Park, Avicii, Green Ranger. They end their life too soon. And, and the reason I speak on this, because, you know, you can go to church, you can hear sermon and theology, and that's all good and stuff. But not a lot of people speak on this topic, but it's also very important, amen? And so that's why I want to speak on it, because depression, look, friends, depression doesn't always look like depression. It looks like they're dancing this week, and then next week they're not here, right? They're partying, they're, they're having fun. It looks like it. And so my goal here on this platform is to help you, to remind you, check on your friends, amen? Check on your friends. You never know. And if you're going through something... We don't know. Physically, outside, we, we can't tell what's happening inside. And so you need to be the first one to say, hey, I need to talk. I'm going through something, right? And I want to encourage you, if you're going through something, ending is not the way. And it might feel like it's hard right now. It's a cloud that's dark. But I want to encourage you with something. You need to have hope, right? Hope stands for hang on, pain ends. Amen? You got to hang on. It might take a week, a month even longer, but you, it's going to be a way out. Amen? There's light at the end of the tunnel. And if you've been rejected, you've been in a heartbreak, or you didn't get a certain job you want, a rejection is God's protection. Amen? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know your exes, God's like, mm, that's not the one for you. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's for your own protection. Trust me on this. And you just know that God's looking out for you. Amen? And it's okay that one didn't work out because that helps you potentially meet someone else. Amen? God's re a rejection is God's protection or a redirection. Amen, brothers and sisters? Yes. One door closed. You didn't get that job. Another door opens. Amen? Amen? This one might be better than that one. What you thought was good, God has a better plan for your life. Amen? Amen. And so I want to encourage you. Rejection is God's protection or redirection. All right. So yes. now... After that, I was like, I'm not going to take my life. I'm not sure who I am, but I want to know. So 
we'll close with uh, the next scene, scene three, getting to college. Figure out who am I, my identity, what's my life about, right? It's the same question. Why are you here? Who are you? And I didn't know what I believe, and I wanted to ask, what is life all about? In this room, there are believers and there are seekers. I know that. I was a seeker. I was not sure. Because things were confusing. Okay, hear, hear me out. In Buddhism, one monk tells you this, another monk tells you that. This temple tells you that, right? It's all relative. It's based on different opinions. So I was very confused. I wanted to study myself different religions, all the major religions in, uh, in, in our world. And so I spent four months just learning about this, learning their story in Islam, right? Muslim and all that things. God is good, amen? Because at that time, my best friend John, sitting over there, <laughs> he, he might not remember this, but he said he started asking, hey, you gonna vote for Kerry or Bush? I was like, what? Kerry or Bush, man? What are you talking about? Yeah, and I was like, I, I, I guess the Democrat. And he's like, why though? And I said, well, my, my dad's a Democrat, so I'm gonna vote Democrat. Uh, dude, no, like, why do you want to vote? I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I just brush it off. Eventually, he, he slowly eased it in with other questions, but eventually the question is, why are you Buddhist? And I said, my uncle's a Buddhist, my family's Buddhist, it's our tradition, right? And he's like, no, why are you Buddhist? Do you know why? Do you know what you stand for? And I was like, I don't know what I believe. And I'm sharing that because do you know what you believe? Do you know what you stand for? You cannot become a Christian because of your parents, because of your family, or vice versa. If, if your family was this ethnicity, this race, I mean, this religion, why though? Do you ever question that? And that's why I challenge, if you're seeking, why? Why do you believe what you believe? I had three main questions I asked. Where did we come from? All right, everyone say with me the next one. Why are we here? Why are we here? I mean, life questions. And what do you think the next one is? Where are we going, right? And so that, those are big life questions. And if you're seeking right now, I challenge you to ask those things. Because in Buddhism, we went to temple um, when we need to, right? Oh, oh I, I pray for a good job, I go to temple. Right? Oh, I pray for a relationship workout. I go to temple, right? I go to this monk, I go to that, you know? And we go when we need it. And I felt like my family, like, we identify as Buddhists, but we don't really believe 100%, for me at least, or practice it, right? So I had to figure it out, like, do you know what I believe? Or just, I'm just doing it because somebody told me to do it, right? Same thing with our other uh, religions as well. And so... I want to say, though, I have highly respect of Buddhists. It's a religion, very peaceful religion, and no problem with it. I do respect it. And my family's still Buddhist. I'm the only Christian in my family. And at that time, I was a seeker, though. I was not satisfied just accepting everything is. I wanted to know why, where we come from. Because here's the thing. So the first question, where did we come from? So according to Buddhist teaching, the Buddha avoided and refused to answer questions about the origins of the universe. He taught followers not to trouble with unanswerable questions, but focus on seeking enlightenment. So as a result, Buddhists don't tend to focus on questions they cannot answer. Yeah, the monk cannot tell me, oh, 
Don't worry about that. Just seek peace. Seek enlightenment. And I was like, I do want to know where we come from. You know? They're like, no, we've been reincarnated over in lifetime, over lifetime. And I was like, yeah, but like, who's the first one, right? It's a real question, right? I can't just accept like, oh, it's okay. I was like, no, man, like, I want to know. And so, honestly, I, I believe every faith, uh, every belief takes faith. I wasn't there at the Garden of Eden. Were you? No? I wasn't there in the time of Jesus, but I take it by faith. On the same coin, I wasn't there at the Big Bang Theory. It's still called theory, by the way. I wasn't there. And that also takes faith. But one of them makes the most sense to me. One of them, that faith about, are we an accident or someone designed us? Our world is too complicated, right? Our our earth, how much water we have, how cold, how hot. That's got to be some designer, amen? Can't just be, oh, accident. And our body, think about how your bones heal how your eyes can go this and zoom in and all that, right? Your body regulates itself without you doing anything. There's got to be design and creator, amen? amen? So where did we come from? I believe we're made in the image of God, amen? amen. We're not from monkeys, not from, you know, a blob or anything. That's my belief. And so I wanted to know where we come from. Second question, why are we here? According to Buddhist teaching, the chief problem in life is suffering caused by selfish craving and material desire. And so we're, we're trapped in this endless cycle of death and rebirth caused by karma, right? And so we're just suffering because last lifetime you did something wrong. I don't know what it was. Somehow you got to make it up in this life and you got to live almost a perfect life, right? You, 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 we're punished for our past life and you can only escape this with this eightfold path to reach nirvana. Basically the eightfold path is you need to live a pure life, pure thought pure action. I try that, and I fail badly, right? I've sinned. I've lied. Mm-hmm. And so I know. <laughs> and, and that's the problem, because as human, we're all sinful in nature. We're selfish, greedy, and lustful, right? The Bible says that every one of us has sinned and fall short of the glory of God's standard. And so you need someone to redeem you and uh, a perfect person, but for the wages of sin is death. death. But the gift, it's a gift. You just got to receive it, amen? amen? Someone gives you a gift, you, you, you can reject it or receive it. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, yeah? And so that makes sense to me because I couldn't live perfectly. No, none of us can, right? So the next question I had was, where are we going? Amen? So according to Buddhist teaching, this is the last one for the questions, there exist six different realms uh, and we live in, and there are several levels of hell, and you'll be punished based on the deeds you've done in this lifetime. That was one, confusing, and kind of scary, right? And I, I really didn't want to be reincarnated as an insect or something. I, I don't know. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Because I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I didn't do this, so I went to temple more. I gave more money. I pray more. I meditate more. But it still doesn't justify. Does that make sense? But that's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen, right? God is the one who just takes your, who you are and in place of you. Does that make sense? And so it was pretty scary. And I, I didn't know. Now, as an Adventist, 
I really appreciate our doctrine of what happens when you die. When you die, you're asleep. Amen? Amen. That brought me the most peace because I didn't know if my uncle was in purgatory, if he was a ghost, right? If, if he's suffering. Oh, my goodness. And a lot of Christians get it wrong. If you really study the Bible, you're asleep, waiting the second coming. Does that make sense? Yes, Father, yes. You're not suffering in hell, and God is not a God who will punish you and torture you. You got it all wrong. Yes. Study the Bible with an Adventist, and they'll tell you. Amen. <laughs> and so most religion have, uh, you know, man working his way, doing all these good deeds towards God, but Christianity is the only one where God comes down to man and take his place. Amen? The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. He is the way. He's not a way, one option you can choose. He's the way, amen? amen. He is the truth. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of confusion out there. And God is not the author of confusion. Does that make sense? Amen. And so it brought me a lot of peace. And I know that all of us, were seeking peace, love, and joy. And we feel those things with drugs, alcohol, all right, parties, and all these things that looks fun. And we're hoping, oh, maybe this meditation or this yoga is going to bring me this peace. But ladies and gentlemen, those are temporary peace, temporary joy, right? Those parties and those things, God is the only one who gives you true peace, amen? amen? True joy and true everlasting love, amen? amen? And that's the thing. I was seeking all these things and... The only one that could fill it was, is God. And if you tried all these things, you tried everything else, why not give God a chance? If you're a seeker this evening, why not give God a chance? What's holding you back? And if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by a pastor, a minister, I just want to say, I'm sorry if someone misrepresented Jesus Christ. They're human, they're sinful. Give God another chance, amen? amen? The heart yearns for human love, but this love is not strong enough, not pure enough, not precious enough to supply the place of the love of Jesus, amen? amen. And then I'm like, God can fix your broken heart. He just needs all the pieces, amen? amen. And so I concluded I wanted to be a Christian, I wanted to be baptized. I wanted to be a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. So I was. And it says that anyone who belongs in Christ, it becomes a new person. The old life is gone. New life has begun. And I, it, it's the best decision I've made. I haven't looked back since. I still am on fire to God. But I want to say the truth, though, also. I like to tell you that it's always good, always things. But we have our ups and downs, Amen. Even if you're a Christian, life has its ups and downs, but that means you're alive. If you go to a hospital, doot, doot, you're half ups and down. If you're just going to go to work, go home, go to work, go home, go to work, go home, you're dead. You're not living, right? And so it's okay to have these ups and downs. Know that when you're down there, there's someone there beside you, amen? We're all a work in progress. I don't have it together. I thought, oh, if I became a Christian, I don't have anxiety anymore. I don't have depression anymore. But I still go through some seasons of ups and downs, right? I still have my moments, my episodes of just not wanting to do anything. But I know when I fall, 
I can get back up again with the help of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so tonight, again, who are you? Ever ask yourself that, who are you? Sometimes we base our identity on our career, our job. I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, or the car you drive, or your achievement, or your relationship. But what happens when one of these things are taken away from you, right? Who are you then? Who, who are you when you're no longer Tony's girlfriend? You're no longer Amy's boyfriend. Who are you, right? And so, hey, I'm being serious right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's our friends, so that's, that's why we're saying that. But no, for real though, you, you notice athletes, when they get injured and they can't play no more, they get so lost, right? Because all their life has been, I'm a basketball player. I'm a basketball player. And then, and then they don't know who they are because now, who am I? I achieve all this, but what's the point? All this will be gone later on. They're temporary, but God is forever, amen? amen. These things change, but God does not change. And so I want to ask you, who are you? Identity, we do identity by fingerprint. Look, take a look at your fingerprint if you're able to. There's only one of these made. Even if you have a twin, they're different, right? You are made one of one, special, unique. There's no duplicates. And God has put so much details in your fingerprint. How much more can you trust him with your relationship? How much more can you trust him with your life, with your career, with your future, amen? Whenever an artist makes a masterpiece, they paint it, what do they do at the end? They sign it. This is his way to remind us he cares so much about us, that you're special, you're unique. No matter what has happened, that's the old life, amen? New life is here. And so when you are lost, remind yourself that you're a child of God, amen? amen. That you are worthy, you have potential, you have purpose. Next time you go into this praxis room, Check this out. Notice the floor, the carpet. You ever notice that? It looks like a fingerprint. So next time you, when you walk in here, notice that, you know, whatever people think outside of the world, in here, in God, in God's presence, I am a child of God, amen? I have purpose, I have a plan. God has a plan for me, I have potential. And you are not your past mistakes. You're not a failure, amen? You can start over. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, I don't know if it's a challenging season, a dark chapter, your story isn't finished, amen? amen? With God, you can turn a new page, amen? With God, you can start a new chapter, yeah? Jesus is writing history. He's writing his story in your life if you allow him to, amen? I know my God, he is amazing. My God can turn your obstacles into opportunities, amen? He can turn your test into his testimony, amen? He can turn your story for his glory, amen? And he can use all that to help someone else to, to, to see, and he can use your pain for a bigger purpose. And so I wanna close by having a ch two challenges. One, if you're a seeker, what is it holding you back? 
do you need more time to explore? That's fine. But I encourage you, take that time. Ask who are you and who is God? Where did you come from? Why are you here? And where are you going, amen? If you're seeking. And if you are someone who, someone seeker or, or believer, I want to challenge you in 2024, new chapter. When you step into that new version of yourself, you can't remain the old same person, amen? Now here's the challenge. What do you need to let go? What do you need to separate from? Who do you need to have out of your life, right? Is it a toxic boyfriend, toxic girlfriend? Is it someone you haven't forgive? They should remain in your past and you move forward to the next chapter in your life, amen? amen. And so if you're going through that, and I challenge you, you step into new and notice what do you need to let go? Who do you need to let go and how do you need to surrender? Please stand with me as we step into our new identity in Christ, amen? Step into our greatness, our potential of who he is. But thank you so much, and I pray God will bless your future. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Night Church Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. And if you have, maybe you can share this with a friend. If you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on social media at Praxis Ministry or come visit us in Loma Linda on a Friday evening. We'll see you in the next episode.